You're listening to The Takeaway from WNYC and PRI Public Radio International in collaboration with the BBC World Service, The New York Times, and WGBH Radio Boston. We're hearing so many stories about the Great Migration after our conversation with Isabel Wilkerson. She wrote The Warmth of Other Suns, the epic story of America's Great Migration. I didn't learn about the Great Migration from my grandfather. He was just one of the silent, determined millions who left the South because they wanted their full rights of citizenship. For him, it was the promise of a college education in Ohio. For others, it was an assembly line job and $5 an hour in Detroit, or voting without fear, living where they chose, saying what they pleased without the danger of violent reprisal, and raising their children far from the swinging shadows of corpses hanging in southern trees. I pick up my life and take it with me, and I put it down in Chicago, Detroit, Buffalo, Scranton, Harlem, any place that is north and east and not Dixie. Langston Hughes was born in Joplin, Missouri. He moved north with his mom while he was still in grammar school. Turns out the North and the West weren't the colorblind nirvanas many blacks imagined. But Chicago and Cleveland were a far cry from Birmingham and Atlanta. Our listener, Della Beaver, talked about this yesterday. For him and for his family, they saw the opportunity in the North that they did not have in the South. And the other thing is that my father was someone who would not allow people to treat him less than a man. Della's dad didn't talk to her about the Great Migration for years and years, and it got me wondering, why don't our families share stories of it? Why don't we see this event for the earth-shattering shift that it was? Well, partly because it stretched out over five or six decades. It was a trickle that became a flood. But it's also because this was a leaderless revolution. No soaring speeches from Martin Luther King or gut-wrenching music from Marian Anderson to draw national attention. Still, it was perhaps the most powerful civil rights movement this country has ever seen. Talk about nonviolent resistance. Millions of people decided they would not live in a place where they couldn't enjoy all the rights of an American citizen. And so they packed their things and started fresh in Pittsburgh and New York and Indianapolis. For some, it was a risk even to leave. And then they mentioned something about some APC sit-down strike. Took me on down where they had and where they took, tied me in a tree. And they beat me up until they thought I was out. And they hanged me up in a tree and one of them said... If I try to escape or get the gag up my mouth to holler something, is gonna he'd come back and kill me. Well, how long would you say that they be on you? Oh, probably about 30 minutes. Southern states passed laws prohibiting blacks from leaving. They levied fines of $25,000 against anyone caught recruiting black workers away from the South. Policemen waited on railway platforms. They arrested any African-American holding a suitcase. Maybe Southerners realized what would happen to Dixie after their working class left. In some ways, the South has still not recovered from the mass exodus of its workers and the loss of cheap labor. And believe me, the migration brought its share of downsides. Kim McLaren writes to us that a lot was gained, but there are some who argue something important was also lost, she says. The great August Wilson used to insist that the migration deeply damaged black folks, disconnecting them from the land they'd earned with their blood, sweat, and tears, and leaving them rootless. As someone who grew up in the South and often still feels like an exile here in the great cold North, especially Boston, I wonder about this. 
and African Americans didn't leave prejudice below the Mason-Dixon line. This comment from a Pennsylvania woman was all too common. If more colored are allowed to move in, Levittown is going to go downhill. And these sentiments have an eerie echo today in the battle over illegal immigration that's stirring passions throughout the country. That's complicated by matters of citizenship, though. And for African Americans, they were already citizens. But they still had to take an incredible leap of faith to leave their homes behind and escape to unfamiliar lands. Here's our listener, Della Beaver, again. It took a lot of courage, especially for my mother, to get up and leave all that she knew and all of her family to come here and make a new life. But I tell people all the time, I am proud of my family all the way back through history. I am the second generation in my family who was born into freedom. My grandfather was a slave. And if not for this strength, I would not be who I am today and I would not be where I am today. The country wouldn't be what it is without the Great Migration. Diana Ross, Bill Cosby, August Wilson, Toni Morrison, Nat King Cole, Miles Davis, all products of the Great Migration, as am I. I am the descendant of immigrants. For a moment, let's forget the migration from Africa that was violent and tragic. Let's instead take note of the journey that blacks took that was intentional. The exodus of citizens who demanded full citizenship, the journey of farmers and clerks and doctors and lawyers who insisted they had the right to work and live as they pleased. The Great Migration made America a richer, fairer, better place. Maybe it's time we all start talking about it, no matter what color we are, and celebrate the bloodless revolution that made us who we are. I pick up my life and take it away on a one-way ticket. Gone up north, gone out west, gone. You suddenly hear in that aimless kind of Miles Davis a search for roots, a, 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 a traveling kind of notion of yeah, finding like an anchor. Yeah, it's the perfect little background yeah. for Langston yeah. Hughes' voice Absolutely. saying "Gone." That poem is he wrote in 1947 at the, heart, the height of the Harlem uh, Renaissance. Well, you know, one of the things you've captured here, really, I think, and, and Isabel Wilkerson, I think, has has touched a nerve of. It's kind of a greatest generation moment for African Americans thinking about what their parents did in picking up in these faceless, nameless moments and carrying these bags north to start new lives. And I love the fact that it's really a story of immigrants. That's really, again, this is a different kind of immigration story, but for a country of immigrants as such as we are, except for Native American descendants, obviously, this is a story of all of us, really. We are all immigrants, and this is just a different twist on the immigration debate. Well, all of us are weighing in. We've gotten great stories. Della's story was was amazing, and uh, uh, people have been weighing in at thetakeaway.org. You're a part of this experience. You know how to reach us. Call us at 877-8MY-TAKE. Share your story of the great migration or how it's affected you, or post a comment at thetakeaway.org. On Notes from America, we have conversations with people across the country about how we can truly become the nation that we claim to be. Each week, we talk about race, our politics, education, relationships, usually all of them, because everything's connected. And you, our listeners, are at the center of those conversations. I'm Kai Wright. Join me on Notes from America, wherever you get your podcasts.